Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clips and Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanny. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on fantastic radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400 in the Midlands, Sports Radio 100.1 The Fan in Florence, and 920 AM in Manning. Good to be with you here uh, on the show today, and always great to catch up with my good buddy Mark Childress. He'll be on the program coming up in just a little bit. Roddy Jones in hour number two. So we're excited. It's it's uh, it, you know, You're one step closer to college football as we wrote over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com simply because of the fact that Clemson's big weigh-in took place today and uh, we got a little late start on the show in terms of getting it up and out for you over on social media but it is rocking and rolling as we speak and we'll put the question up for you the big weigh-in results are up over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com who's somebody that stood out for you did you get a chance to dive in and take a look a little sneak peek this is essentially the beginning of fall camp and you know if you are a fan of, if you are a fan of college football and the Clemson Tigers, then today is a big day, a big important day, because you feel like the season's looming, and that things are coming down the line that would indicate a college football season. We'll talk with Mark Childress about that coming up here in a little bit. Also, Roddy Jones again, hour number two. Make sure you take advantage of our 2020 Clemson Sports Talk Fall Camp preview offer, $20.20. We've made 2020 a good thing. 2020's been a bad thing for for Tiger fans since losing to LSU in the national championship game. 2020, however, now uh, a good thing. So head over to our website. It's not 6317. That's also a good thing. But go ahead and dive in. Get that 2020 deal from us over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. 803-450-0086. Again, that's your number, 803-450-0086. Had the chance today to sit down with uh, one of Clemson's latest uh, authors in in football, Ty Simpson. Man, what a kid. 
Now, this show, man, is you're going to love that interview. We're going to have that as an exclusive for our Clemson Sports Talk uh, subscribers. So make sure you head over to our website and take care of business on that 2020 deal. All right, on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. If you're watching the show now, share it. Help us continue to grow. And we are going to continue to push forward here and take a look at uh, the big weigh-in results from Tigertown. Again, if somebody stood out to you, let us know uh, as we are one step closer to the college football season. You know, just kind of diving in and looking at it off of the off of the hoof, if you will. It's one of those things where I think as fans, we're obviously uber excited. And you, you start thinking about the, the meat grinder that comes into uh, the workouts that these guys have to go through during the offseason to try to you know, put themselves in peak physical condition. You know, I look at a freshman like Brian Brzee checking in at 300 pounds right on the button and how chiseled and rocked up that kid was coming out of high school. And it's impressive uh, just to know that you know, while he might carry a bit of what you might call baby fat, there's a lot of power uh, behind that young man. A lot of size, strength, and pounds checking in. Also, you know, a Joe is Joe is another one for me that sort of stood out because here's a kid who, you know, is a wide receiver, still looks a bit slim, but navigates his way into a a look of 214 pounds. I mean, that's a decent weight at this point for a guy as young as he is, a guy as new to college football as he is. Uh, you know, you watch a DJ Uwe Ongalale check in at 245. Talk about a little little extra gravy on the biscuits there. 245, DJ Uwe Ongalale checks in during his way. And to, put, get, to give you some comparison on that, a guy like KJ Hitt checks in at 260 pounds at defensive end. To give you a broader comparison, Tyson Pumachan checks in at 217 pounds, about 30 pounds less than DJ Uyunglele, and Trevor Lawrence checks in at 222, nearly 25 pounds less than DJ. So, big time, big time weight day for DJ at 245 pounds. I'm just kind of eyeballing some of the other names to you know go comparison. I mean, Justin Maskell, who's a huge defensive end, 260 pounds. DJ's 245. It's going to be like, when that kid's playing, it's going to be like tackling a truck. And I remember everybody was so impressed with how big Taj Boyd felt and looked out on the gridiron. Taj Boyd played at 225 pounds. DJ is 245 pounds. And it's not a sloppy 245. It's not a slow 245. I mean, it's a big old boy athletic 245. That's an impressive number for a quarterback. I'm trying to think, like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put this up to you guys. Give me some other names of quarterbacks of the past. They don't have to be Clemson. Quarterbacks of the past who sort of check the box of being you know, in that conversation for you as being a big, bulky, no doubt about it, 
athletic yet just got some girth behind them quarterback. And I'm not talking about the Pillsbury throw boy either. Don't don't hey, rest in peace to Jared Lorenzen, but don't bring the Pillsbury throw boy uh, into this conversation. I'm talking about you know serious guys like maybe Jamarcus Russell. Uh, might be a, a a prime example of a guy who would fall into that category, so to speak. Uh, I'm trying to look now, just perusing myself, and you can bring some others up uh, into the conversation if you want to, but want to see real quick where we had, because sometimes these numbers, you know, without uh, reference, don't help you a whole lot. But DJ at six foot five, two hundred and forty five pounds. I mean, that's that's still stiff, and that's where we had him coming in out of uh, out of high school. So it's not as if he's put on a ton of weight, but uh, to see that number and to know what he's been, you know, through working out. Jamarcus Russell was six six two sixty, so quite a bit bigger. But that's a big number there for uh, DJ for sure. Eyeball on the list. Let us know anybody else that stood out. Devontae Capehart checked in at 306 pounds at defense in the freshman. Uh, Travis Etienne, you know, is another who uh, I think really desires to play under 200 pounds. He's currently at 199. Wanted to pull up a year ago. He was at 208. You might remember. I think he came in off of a few extra beignets and fast food a year ago. But a little streamlined, a little bit of a streamlined Travis Etienne for you. Uh, if that's what you, you know, kind of keep your eyeballs on in terms of Etienne and what he'll bring to the table. And I think, again, this goes down to, from Etienne standpoint, the thought process of, what a guy like Christian McCaffrey, what he garners from the financial standpoint in the NFL, maybe by comparison uh, to some other guys in the league. So, look, it's it's fun to, to keep up with it. It's fun to navigate through it. I'm still trying to figure out why in the world our video is so bad over on Facebook. Uh, that's That is driving me beyond crazy uh, the past couple of days and we've lowered our resolution we've done everything we can the audio is the audio is beautiful you know maybe if i stop the banner let me try hiding the banner and see if that cleans it up at all for you guys watching the show i have no idea we did not have trouble with this um a couple of weeks ago when we moved to uh, the format that we're currently on but the past two days uh, it's been awful and I, matter of fact, I've given them the thumbs up on the approval that I, I appreciate, you know, the way this, this system works. A, after the show, I'm not. I'm just going to go ahead and let them know I'm giving them the thumbs down because I'm disappointed in the video quality. Very disappointing. 803-450-0086. And it's not as if we got a whole lot going on here from the streaming standpoint today either. I mean, all of that's been minimized, but. Again, we're taking a look at Clemson's big weigh-in. Tomorrow, fall camp opens up. Technically, I consider this sort of the the kickoff of fall camp. Maybe this is more the coin toss. You know, the, the big weigh-in. Sort of the coin toss of fall camp, if you will. Uh, 803-450-0086. You can also chime in 
with any thoughts that you have uh, on that front as well today. So just trying to keep all our our ducks in a row, in my case, the, our swans in a row, as we get set for the 2020 college football season. And, and I think the fair comparison right now uh, is to NASCAR. And I think that NASCAR and the fact that you know as a sports fan, you know that you are going to get a race. You know that your favorite player is going to be in a race. What you don't know is whether or not your favorite player will finish the race. It could be term one. It could be on the, uh, you know, on the f- the 500th mile of said race. But what I think we are recognizing is that the uncertainty of whether or not we get through the college football season is something that we are undoubtedly going to continue to talk about and discuss even as fall camp moves on, even as everything uh, that we know and love about the sport begins to unfold in front of us, uh, one thing is for, sh- for certain, and that is that there is a lot of uncertain uh, moments in the world of college football this year. And so like an NASCAR race, it's okay to wave the flag of your favorite fan and, and or your favorite driver and wear their shirt and cheer them on. But understand that even though you paid money for that ticket, even though that you've invested in, uh, even though you've invested in that, that racing franchise, if you will, it could all be over before it really gets started. And I think that has to be one of the concerns and or fears that everybody has right now around college football and college football, uh, not only in the state of South Carolina, but everywhere. 803-450-0086. You want to hit us up, you could text us. Mark Childress coming up here on the program in just a minute. And then believe me, your boy Swanee is beyond frustrated with the video. I'm going to get it fixed somehow. I'll tell you what I'm going to do just to spare you for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put up an overlay, and I'm just going to keep rolling with the show. And I will figure it out uh, at some point here this afternoon. But uh, it is the time of the season where you get a chance to go and dive in and take a sneak peek and look around at some of these numbers and see who stands out for you. You know, I think a year ago, if my memory serves me correctly, I think uh, one of the big names that jumped off the page was Jalen Lay at six, excuse me, at 269 pounds. Uh, at tight end, I don't remember uh, what he was, you know, what it was a year ago, but I remember that, you know, really jumped off the page for a lot of people. And looking at it today, there he is at 269. I mean, still just a big old boy there uh, at tight end for Clemson. Speaking of tight end, Braden Galloway checks in at 240 this afternoon, and a couple of freshman defensive linemen, if you will, Miles Murphy. A big number 98 for your Tigers comes in at 272 pounds. Miles Murphy, 200 
and 72 pounds uh, as a as a true freshman. And then um, the other name we'll give you, let's see, off of that defensive front uh, was, oh, where'd he go? Lost my lost my spot here. It is a long list, and I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to the order uh, on this list. I was, oh, I, it's the the number order, and I don't know everybody's everybody's numbers yet. Uh, not a freshman, but Tyler Davis checking in at two hundred uh, and ninety nine pounds. Uh, let's see, Niles Pinkney also at two ninety nine. Takewan Johnson, the former defensive tackle, who's now going to be playing on the offensive side of the ball. Coming in at a smooth 337 pounds. Kind of reminds me, uh, kind of reminds me of, I, I think from the body standpoint, Taquan Johnson reminds me of a mix between DJ Reader and, and Christian Wilkins. Uh, honest to goodness. I kind of feel like that's about uh, where he would be on that front. Um but yeah, it's a I mean it's a nice little fun list to kind of peek around. The freshman, there he is. Couldn't find him because he's wearing number eight. Trey Williams. Number eight on the defensive line. Uh just under three hundred pounds at two hundred and ninety-eight pounds. Uh he's got uh, some baby fat to work on, in my opinion, but uh, I think he's got a chance to be a pretty good prospect for the Tigers and sort of a Grady Jarrett bowling ball uh type player. I think as well for Clemson coming up this year. So we'll see what, what happens with Trey Williams on that front, but 298 pounds for the freshman. Take a look at the list. If somebody stands out for you, hit us up. I don't know why the video is so sloppy. Um, disappointed uh, for sure on that, uh, you know, from that aspect of it. Um. Anthony says, why was Xavier Thomas not available? You know, I yeah, I don't know. He had the, the little asterisk by his name. They got him at 276 pounds. We actually used him for the cover uh, photo of that you know, weigh-in, the big weigh-in deal. I don't know if it was a subliminal thing from the note that was uh, you know indicated at the bottom or, or what, but uh, I really don't have that answer right now, Anthony, and we won't probably find – that out until tomorrow. I don't think it's anything, you know, I don't think it's a, a big deal by any means, but uh, I, I do think that, you know, subliminally sometimes these things can play into it. And I thought that picture of Xavier was a good one to, to put up there. So we fired Xavier Thomas up and I let everybody get a good look at him because, you know, he's one of the guys that people want to know about. And again, the note, uh, 276 pounds for him. Amari Rogers checks in at 200 and seven pounds this year. Uh, Frank Ladson at 208. Joseph Ngata at 219 pounds. So, again, a fun list to go through. Something to you know study and reflect on. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how much stock you put into it, but like I said, I think there are certain guys in certain positions that want to uh, position themselves to weigh a certain amount. And ETN's shift to get under 200 pounds to me. Uh, feels pretty obvious at this point. And he's gotten down to 199 pounds. I think it's 199 pounds of good weight. So just kind of keep your eyes on this list. If you've come across something that stands out for you, you know, if it's Jake Herbstreet at 170, that's got you giddy. 
<laughs> let us know. Uh, Drew says, Joseph and God is going to be a monster this year. I tend to agree, Drew. I think he's got a chance to really step into the role that's been vacated by uh, T. Higgins moving on to the NFL and Justin Ross's injury. I, I think that Ngata will be relied on a lot. I'm looking forward to continuing to watch that young man play. I've loved him from the moment I got a you know, chance to interview him uh, coming out of uh, Folsom, California. All right, we got to hit a quick break. We'll come back. Hopefully the video will be better. Mark Childress joins the show right after this. Stay with us. Here's your chance to win $1,000. Text the nationwide keyword FUN to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's FUN to 200-200. Fox Sports Radio 1400 traffic. One accident to report early this afternoon. It's I-26 eastbound near the Dixiana exit. The 103.5 FM WVOC traffic tip line is 343-1055. This report is sponsored by Think It Up. Hi, I'm Nick Jonas, and I'm here to tell you about Think It Up, a new initiative to activate student-powered, teacher-led learning projects. Students and teachers, how can you spark great learning experiences in your classrooms today? Join us at thinkitup.org. Commercial Construction is a licensed general contractor in South Carolina. Since 2011, Chris Kirk, a Columbia native with 20 years of construction experience, has believed in meeting his customers' needs. Kirk Commercial. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Construction is capable of performing any retail or office expansion, new construction, metal building, or commercial renovation work. In addition to Kirk's commercial construction projects, their service division can assist you with commercial and maintenance tasks. If you need it done right, call 803-250-2495 or kirkcommercialconstruction.com. When a community grows, its hospital should grow too. And that's just what we're doing at Lexington Medical Center. We recently launched the largest hospital expansion project in South Carolina history. Our new 10-story patient tower will help us take better care of patients, including the tiniest infants who need special attention. It will also make room for the growing number of patients who need surgery and intensive care. At Lexington Medical Center, our mission to serve our community never wavers. We're here when you need us today, and we'll be there when you need us tomorrow. Hey guys, Lawton Swan here. I was hanging out in the backyard with my son Mason a couple of years ago, and he said, Dad, you're the best father ever. When I asked him why, he said, because when I go outside to play, I don't get eaten up by the bugs anymore. Imagine that, me a hero, when all I did was call my good buddy Trey Powell at Mosquito Joe. With their routine service plan, no more bugs and no more bites. Make yourself the family hero. Call Mosquito Joe today, 803-223-7916. That's 803-223-7916. Outside is fun again. 
Tiger fans, look no further than the Tiger Sports Shop in Clemson for all your game day needs. Since 1974, they've brought you everything Clemson for the Clemson fan. With quality brands such as Nike, Antigua, Cutter, and Buck, and Champion, plus many more, from hats to t-shirts to tailgate, the Tiger Sports Shop has all the Clemson gear a true Tiger fan needs. With two convenient game day locations in Tigertown, shop where I shop at Dr. I.M. Ibrahim's Tiger Sports Shop. They fuel the passion of Tiger fans everywhere. Check them out online, tigersports.com. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't have even bothered to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Clemson Sports Talk. Join the show in the chat room at clemsonsportstalk.com. It is the show that shakes the South Lake Clemson Sports Talk Lawton Swat. Mark Childress joins us here on a Wednesday afternoon. And Mark, I, I don't know if we can technically call it official yet as Clemson's set to get camp going tomorrow, but the big weigh-in goes on today. So in some respects, college football season is finally here. I love it. If nothing else, Lawton, and again, thanks for uh, having me on. If nothing else, it gives us something uh, new and fresh to talk about, right? We'll see all the weigh-in stuff. Uh, we'll have practice footage, hopefully, that we'll be seeing soon and interviews and things like that. And we can get back to a little bit more normal preseason for college football and keep our fingers crossed that everything goes okay. Yeah, I think as normal as it can be during the COVID-19 era. We'll talk about that coming up just a little bit more with Mark Childress here. But, Mark, first off, you know the Atlantic Coast Conference late last week put together I, – I hesitate to call it a schedule because it's really not a schedule. We just know – who teams are playing. We don't know when uh, when they're playing, but uh, how did that make you feel getting that news last week? And, and certainly what was your reaction to the thoughts of having a single division with Notre Dame being included, et cetera? Well, uh, obviously any move in a positive direction and the fact that the ACC, you know, last week got out in front of the SEC and was dangling that 11th game out there, I thought for the conference itself was a really shrewd move and had a lot of optimism that we were still going to see that South Carolina game played. I like the fact they're not in divisions this year. Um, whatever division you put Notre Dame in, I think people would have been upset because Notre Dame has got a real darn good football team this year and yeah. has a chance not only to win whatever division they would have been put, put in, but to also win the ACC. So I like the fact listen, the, the season's going to be weird and different anyway. Why not just eliminate the divisions, take the top two records, uh, and run from there? 
And then, uh, you know, seeing some of the new matchups and, and the home and away schedule, I started getting excited. I mean, Clemson on a normal season, you know, you're going to be going to Notre Dame, you're going to be going to Lane Stadium, and you're going to be going to Doak Campbell. I mean, those are not easy places to win football games. And I know Florida State and Virginia Tech, I don't think are going to be quite the matchups uh, that they would have been in the past. But, you know, working on this Clemson's Greatest Game show and seeing Clemson struggles and to finally win a game, you know, uh, in, uh, in Doak Campbell back in 2016 and then what they did to Virginia Tech in 2017 uh, up at their stadium – you know, those aren't easy places to play just three or four years ago. So when I saw the road matchups, I was like, wow, you know, you're going into some really good, you know, hostile environments. I know there's probably not going to be fans, but right. um, that's kind of kind of some of the places that my mind started to wander when the uh, when the schedule came out. Yeah, look, I, I'm with you on that front. And I, I think that from the standpoint of eyeballs, the ACC did a tremendous job in pulling that off and you know, whether it's Clemson, Notre Dame, whether it's uh, Clemson, North Carolina, or maybe not even Clemson in the ACC championship game. I think if we can get through this year, I believe we'll see a lot more, you know, the schedule will be much more of consequence. You're not going to have those games where fans can choose prior to kickoff whether or not they're going to roll into the stadium. I would ask you this. It's kind of hard to get the toothpaste back in the tube, though, for fans to get hyped up for some of those smaller teams from the FCS that occasionally Clemson will play. Do you think this is a trend, Mark, where we might see more scheduling, uh, you know, scheduling more similar to, to the 2020 season moving forward? I'd like to think so. And, you know, one of the things that I dislike the most about college football scheduling doesn't Clemson have like their, their out of conference opponents, or at least, you know, the power five out of conference opponents lined up until like 2036 or 2037. Right. I mean, it's, it's neat to, to look down the road and think, man, how great is it going to be when we play LSU? LSU might be terrible by then. You know, we have no <laughs> idea. So I, I, I was kind of hoping that we might start washing out some of these long-term things. I mean, you've seen how people can pivot and change an entire, entire conference schedule in a couple of weeks. Um, I think you'll see some of these plus one matchups uh, that end up getting put together and get put together quickly. Maybe that's an excuse to get away from some of this super long-term scheduling and maybe allow for some dynamic matchups to happen a little bit quicker, kind of like uh, what's happening with Clemson and Georgia uh, next season. I mean, that's something that got done very, very quickly. You've got two teams that you know are probably going to be in the top five in the country next year. You get a matchup like that. Whereas when you put these teams uh, that are good now on the calendar 10 years from now, who knows what that matchup's going to look like then. Yeah, it's something to continue to follow, that's for sure. And Mark Childress is here with us and will be you know, continuing to be with us throughout the fall as we get set for kickoff of the Tigers and whatever the opening game is. At this point, Mark, I know you've been a, a big part of the, the Tiger tailgate show and, and everything that goes into that and getting this whole ordeal underway. Are, are you hearing anything on that front for our listeners from the standpoint of, you know, what the latest news is out of Tiger Town, or are we all just still in a holding pattern? Yeah, we're all, we're all still in a holding pattern. I mean, it's interesting to me because a lot of people, you know, ask me questions or it comes up in conversation around what's the fall going to look like. And obviously everybody wants to be in that stadium. But I'm going to tell you, Lawton, a lot of people want to tailgate. And a lot of people want to be near that stadium, even if they can't go inside. So to me, that's as significant of an announcement that's going to come down 
I think we're all understanding it's either going to be none or very limited fans to start the season in Death Valley. But what are the tailgate lots going to look like? What are those options going to look like? Because there's a ton of folks that even if they can't get in the ball game, I think are still going to want to be there on game day, be in the environment. Maybe you're just watching the game on television and hearing the roars from inside uh, from out in the parking lot. But I think there's a bunch of folks, Lawton, that, that want to be close yeah. to that game, even if they can't be inside the stadium. So that's kind of the, the biggest second, you know, 1A and 1B piece, I guess, that I'm looking at. What is, what's going to happen with the tailgating? And then obviously that's going to impact Tiger Tailgate Show and a bunch of things like that. But uh, I'm interested to see what Clemson lands on there. Old Twitter is at Childress Mark M A R K. Go follow him over there. I would say, Mark, I, I spell it because I have a buddy named Mark, and he's M A R C. And he went into a Starbucks one day and said uh, it's Mark, but spelled with a C. And the person put Kark C A R K on his. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's what you get, Mark, with a C. You can, you can spell it the correct way with a K. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or you can put a C. I'm just teasing. <laughs> right. That's funny, though. Mark. <laughs> so so I, I, I feel like when I'm dealing with somebody named Mark, I need to spell that out for people a little more uh, substantially because you don't want to get it wrong. Mark Childress here on the show that shakes the Southland. All right, we're still working on the video. I'm actually talking to the folks uh, that help us out with this. So hopefully we'll get this all, the video squared away during the break, uh, and we'll come back with Mark Childress here on the show that shakes the Southland. Eight zero three four five zero double zero eighty six. Clemson Sports Talk on a Wednesday afternoon. Mark Childress on the line with us here today. Mark, let's talk a little bit more about this season and what it could look like from the standpoint of the fans. So they just want to feel normal, and I, I don't know how normal this will be. I, I've kind of correlated it to NASCAR. I know there's going to be a starting flag, Mark, but we might not hit turn three before we win the wall, or maybe we'll get to celebrate at the end and, and hoist a trophy. I really believe that's where we are. Uh, when you look at the the grand scheme of college football from coast to coast, I mean, is there a chance in your mind that the Pac-12 could maybe move their season to the fall, or excuse me, to the spring, and we don't even have all five power conferences playing football in the fall? Personally, I, I kind of think that's a non-starter, and I know the Pac-12. There's all kinds of uh, inventive ways that they're trying to approach it. Obviously, you've got the players kind of standing up and making some demands and things like that. The Pac-12 is the fifth conference in the Power Five right now when it comes to football. And if you're going to let the other four conferences play and you're either going to not play your season or you're going to delay your season, it's going to be hard to reattach yourself to those Power Four conferences going forward if the season plays out, right? I mean – if the big four played, did their seasons, their nine plus one, their 10 plus one, their 10 games, whatever it is, and there was at least a four-team college football playoff and the crowning of a champion, and the Pac-12 is not involved with that at all, yeah. that is a gigantic problem for them going forward. 
And you're hearing these rumblings about could the Power Five break off from the NCAA if they don't like what some of the rulings are. It's kind of feeling like the wild, wild west right now. And I think you're going to want to have a seat at the table, especially if big things start to happen. And if those big four could play a season without you, maybe they don't need you going forward. And it becomes, say, Power Four, the Pac-12, and the group of five from there, or the group of six at that point, perhaps. So I, I know everything's uh, crazy right now. I'm a super positive guy at the end of the day, and I'd like to think they could find a way to get it sorted out, to play their football games, to keep their players happy, more importantly, keep their players safe, and uh, for the Power Five to be able to get through the season who knows if you're going to have 37 bowl games or however many this year, but if they play the season and they play the conference championship games, there will be a 14 playoff and they will crown a national champion. Mark Childress with us here on the show that shakes the Southland, taking a look at the potential of what the college football season could look like. Again, you know him from his show, the Mark Childress show, which is on uh, WCCP, the roar. I, I know right now it's not, he's got a lot going on with his, uh, Clemson's greatest game series. We'll talk about that a little bit more. And he's the host of the Tiger Tailgate Show on the Clemson Sports Network. Mark Childress here with us today. And, and Mark, you mentioned uh, Clemson players signing off of social media. We were talking off the air about this and and how in in the COVID nineteen world, maybe being on on social media right now is not such a great idea anyway. You know, I've, I've always liked the policy because uh, I feel like, and again. You know, I, I know Tiger Nation knows, but if you're not a part of Tiger Nation, this isn't Dabo makes a bit off of social media. The team votes every year, and what, for the last five years or however many, the team has voted to go off of social media during the season. They're going to be doing that again this year. Yeah, you know, especially with the craziness that you know Lawton is going to be coming the next four weeks, right? You know, players not having to feel like they have to go out and comment, not being called out. Why is Trevor Lawrence not commented on the latest nuance of COVID-19? He's not going to be able to now because he doesn't have a social media outlet to be able to do that. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing right now with everything going on. What do you think? No, I mean, I think it's probably a positive, and I think it always has been. Look, we're talking about, what, 18- to 22-year-old guys and trying to keep them locked in? I mean, I think this is one of the best ways to go about doing it, and I've always been for it, and I'm glad that the Clemson players you know, appreciate that aspect of – minimizing that from our lives. I'll be honest, Mark, I've thought about backing off of it a little bit myself. Yeah, maybe we could all go on the social media band. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so let's talk about Clemson's greatest uh, Clemson's greatest games, Mark, because the series has been so well-received by Tiger fans across the state of South Carolina, and now, really, anybody could tune in and catch it over on ClemsonTigers.com. That was an update that came out just a few short weeks ago. What's been the reaction from that move by you guys to talk about Shrewd, that move by you guys to get those videos up and out to everybody? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, we're, we're in five markets today uh, running on the weekends, right? You've got Greenville, Spartanburg, you got Florence, Myrtle Beach, Charleston, Augusta, and then, of course, uh, where you are down in Columbia. But there's plenty of Tiger fans in Charlotte and Atlanta and all these other places that, uh, to be honest, I mean, Every single day there for, for a month plus, I was getting Facebook messages from either friends or fans, people that I don't know. Hey, man, we'd like to watch this, too. So uh, being able to partner with JMI Sports and, uh, and Clemson, obviously, to get the first six episodes up. And then after the season completes here in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll be adding the final six episodes. They will always be there. They will always uh, you know, be able for you to go in and check them out. And um, I've already gone back once or twice uh, to ClemsonTigers.com, and I've got all these things on my computer, but I'm like, I'll be talking about a game, thinking about it, and I'll go back and go ahead and click on that episode because I know I can drive to the soundbite that I was thinking about very quickly. So 
Um, feedback's been great. Uh, we're very blessed uh, to be able to do this. We've had a great time. Uh, it's allowed me to be able to spend a lot of time with uh, with the Clemson family and uh, and getting to know a lot of them, which has been cool. And and then you know I've enjoyed looking back at the games and you know the one this coming up this weekend. So uh, down in Columbia, it'll be running on Sunday mornings. Um, you know Clemson beating Virginia Tech back in 2017. Uh, you know that was Game Five that season. Uh, Kelly Bryant, you know going up to Virginia Tech on the road. What's it going to be like, uh, you know, going against that Bud Foster defense? Uh, how's the Clemson defense going to respond? Because Virginia Tech, you know, was was kind of on the come up at that point and was looking at that Clemson game as a chance for them to reenter the national discussion as a powerhouse. And the Clemson defense just went up and just disappeared that Virginia Tech team. It was one of the most dominant, I feel like. And I know the final score ended up being 31-17. Yeah. But again, one of those touchdowns was scored with a minute left in the game. Um it was a dominant performance by Clemson in the first three quarters. Uh, Virginia tech only had a field goal and uh, they were lucky to even get down there and get that done. And uh, Jorian O'Daniel had kind of the game sealer in the fourth quarter with the interception return. Mm. Remember Tavian Feaster had that, uh, that long touchdown where uh, Kelly kind of dropped one out to him in the flat. Right. And it was like him running a 60 yard dash and nobody on earth was going to catch him at that point. So just a fantastic game to be able to look back at. Uh, we've got some great stuff in there from Kendall Joseph on, um, talking about going up to play. That was the first time that he had played uh, up at Virginia Tech and that a lot of those guys had played up at Virginia Tech. And uh, their first time going into that environment with Inner Sandman and that crazy crowd, uh, talking about that. Um, it, it was good. The, the episode's really good. We just put a lock on it and, uh, and sent it over um, so the satellite folks can get it up and get it out this weekend. So uh, I'm really excited about this episode. I think you'll enjoy it long. No doubt about it. Mark Childress here on the show that shakes the Southland. I know the video went Squirrely again, uh, I, I don't understand. The overlays, everything, the underlays, everything looks good but my video. But it looks spectacular in front. Like where I'm at, I look beautiful. I look great. But I, I see over on Facebook, I just pulled it up. You guys, I don't look great. Tell you what, at least I sound great, some would say. We hit a break. We come back. Wrap things up with Mark Childress right after this. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger Is our number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan with you. And joining us on the program now, our good buddy, Roddy Jones. He'll be here every Wednesday throughout the college football season. Roddy, what's up, my man? Hope you're doing well. Not much, man. Uh, it's good to talk to you again. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I feel like you know we haven't necessarily made many strides towards knowing when teams are playing, but we know who teams are playing. We talked about that on Friday, and, and really from that standpoint, uh, have you heard anything as to when we might know something? I talked with some people. They said, look, Lawton, it could be two days or two weeks. We can't tell you. What are you hearing on that front? Yeah, I, I, I've kind of heard the same thing. You know, I, I've heard 
grumblings, and, and I'm not even sure where I heard him at this point, but, but grumblings <laughs> that, you know, a, a couple weeks before the season is, is probably the latest that we would hear. But, but between now and then, like, who knows? And, and again, like, the, the, the start date of the season is still somewhat fluid. I know every team has said that they plan to start by a certain date, but that's all plans. And, and in this day and age, you know, all of it. Could- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Could be, could be, uh, could be delayed at some point, which would obviously delay the release of, of a potential schedule. So uh, I have no idea. And it's interesting that the coaches are probably the most anxious because they have now had to break down you know, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 to 25 teams over the course of the summer, because you're obviously breaking down your original opponents. And then when they realized that, hey, this thing was going to impact who you play, they probably started breaking down the entire league. And then regionally, <laughs> they started breaking down the teams around them, just in case, like, for example, a Clemson had to play, I don't know, Coastal Carolina or Charlotte again. Like they, they, I'm sure that staff went ahead and go, started to break down those teams as well because of the potential of, of having to schedule them as a plus one. So, so the coaches are probably more anxious than you and I are. It's so strange because the, in, in college sports, and you know this being a former player, uh, there's always this, this thought process of everything's got to be fair. Everybody's got to have the same amount of spring practices. Everybody's got to have the same amount of preparation for their first game. I mean, on and on and on. But we've kind of hit this wall where I don't think anybody really cares all that much about the equity of you know these schools. They just want to hopefully play a game at this point. And if that means that you had more spring practices than we had, it's all just in the wash at this point. They just want to line up and, and play football. You're exactly right. I mean, I started to, to ask questions about that and then quickly stopped asking questions about it when I knew it wasn't a priority. When when teams started or schools started allowing players back on campus, like I thought that was something that was going to provide potentially a huge uh, inequity. Like Georgia Tech, sure. for example, started bringing guys back on campus June 8th. Well, Duke didn't start doing it until a month later. So So obviously that extra month of work helps the team. Uh, but it was quickly, you know, dismissed by, hey, we're just happy to have guys back on campus. <laughs> so, so with with the number of with the number of summer practices, I mean, it's going to vary widely between conferences. It may vary between schools. It's going to vary how much actual camp you get and how much time you get with your guys based on when school opens. Because once classes start, you're only allowed 20 hours a week, which significantly impacts what you can do with those guys. But with the delay of the season and the introduction of the OTA style uh, walkthroughs of the OTA style camp, I don't think anybody's worried about that. If you can't get your team ready to play in that amount of time, then uh, then then there's probably you should probably be looking at what you're doing internally, and they'll just be happy to play football. Follow him on Twitter at Roddy Jones Twenty of the ACC Network and SiriusXM Channel Three Seventy One and. Roddy, you're a former player, and and I'm sure you read everything that came out of the Pac-12 this past week. They are the conference that I'm hearing the most about still potentially moving uh, to the spring, which I know would be disappointing for the other Power 5 teams because I don't know 
what happens if a move like that does take place. But, you know, at what point as a former player do you look at the demands that current players have and say, okay, I can get in line with this, but then there's a portion of it that might be so far out of bounds that you just kind of scratch your own head, even as a former player. And did any of those demands out in the Pac-12 kind of reach that point for you? Yeah, you know, so so to answer your first question, I don't I don't really think there's ever a point for me where I say, hey, that's absolutely insane. What are you doing? Um, there were some demands, obviously, in what the Pac-12 players put out that you're gonna that, that you can automatically look at and say, all right, that's not going to happen. But I don't think it's crazy to ask for because everything is a negotiation. Like these demands are not going to be what end up happening if something does happen for these players yeah. to come back. So, so the question that I've been asking and what I've trying to been figure out, trying to, to figure out is, uh, all right, if they ask for 50% of the revenues, they are either a saying, Hey, 50% of the revenue sports, that's football, basketball, and everyone else is on their own or B we're trying to get some percentage for everybody. And then the question is what, what's the end game on both of those scenarios? Like what would they be satisfied with in football? What would they be satisfied with in everybody? How is, is that cash payment or what are we talking about here? So it's all a negotiation piece and it's all to get the attention, honestly, to, to, to get the attention of the, uh, of the schools and of, of the, the conference, like Larry Scott's salary, the commissioner of the PAC 12, that, that's not going to change because of these demands. These coaches salaries are not going to change because of these demands. Now facility expenditures, that may be something that you have some wiggle room in. And then there's a ton in there that I think it's overshadowed, especially on Twitter because Twitter is poison, but, but especially, you know, I think there's a ton in there that gets overshadowed by the 50% that is actually really, really easy to implement and probably long overdue when you talk about medical insurance, the potential for scholarship extensions, because I'm not sure how many student athletes that are on full scholarship would take advantage of that anyway, you know, given a couple extra years to get your master's. Right. So, so I do think there are, and then, and then like the councils that they were talking about, I do think there is stuff in there, a lot of it that is really easy to implement and would, would signify substantial gains in what the players are getting. It's amazing to me because I talked about this yesterday when I arrived at Clemson, in 1995, uh, at the time, the head coach was Tommy West. He made $300,000 a year. That's a good salary. I'd certainly take it for this radio show in a heartbeat, believe me. Yeah. But from <laughs> from that standpoint, I, I think we see coaches' salaries now making 8 almost $9 million. Is the driving force behind the demands that the players have really more about what they see their coaches having and the lifestyles their coaches live by comparison to where these young men come from? Because I'm going to be honest, if the schools have a lot of money, I think that players understand that institutions are, you know, have these big facilities and, and things of that nature. That just kind of is the norm. But when you got to go to Dabo Sweeney's house and see his house, or, or you know, when you got to go to Nick Saban's house and, and see his house, I mean, that can be a bit unsettling, I think, for – uh, not just the average individual, but certainly these football players who can come from a lot of times some impoverished backgrounds. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's a lot of things. I think that probably plays a part. Um, I don't think it's it's the sole thing because because I, I I never begrudged my head coach. I never begrudged Paul Johnson for what he was making. And and now this is a different time, so. So I didn't necessarily have the activism bone that I was going to go out and say, hey, I need to be paid. If they were to pay me, I certainly would not have turned it down. 
But uh, I, I did not begrudge Paul Johnson of, of what he made. And I don't think those guys are mad at Dabo Sweeney because he makes what he makes. W- what I do think everyone has seen and, and, and is seeing is the exponential growth in the, the uh, money around college football, number one. And then two, they have not seen the same type of growth in the, in the amenities that they are provided. Do they have more than even when I played? Absolutely they do, uh, which is great. But it, it has not risen to the level of the billions of dollars of gains that, that college football as a whole has seen as a result of, of TV primarily. So, so I think that's it. And then the other thing is, is that I think college football players have become more sophisticated and they've realized that they have a skill that is uh, that is largely limited in terms of lifespan. Like my ability to play football mattered to me for about 10 years from the time I was mm. 12 until the time I was 22. Now it helps or it, it, it continues to help me because I'm on the broadcasting side, but for a lot of these guys, it helps you get a job, but you are no longer using that skill. And college football is just about the only place in America where you are limited in your ability to monetize a skill at any point in time. And, and to be completely honest with you, something that I talked to John Swafford about uh, at ACC media day last year, is he said, it doesn't really align. Like, uh, theoretically, a college a, a football player could make money by playing football in high school. There's no rule against it. He could make money playing football in the pros, but he just can't make money playing football or from his likeness playing football in college. Hmm. So why is that? It, it doesn't align. Like a 17-year-old high schooler can do it. A 22-year-old pro guy can do it. But from 18 to 22 or whatever point in time you're in college, you can't do it. And, and, and so I just think some of the logic behind it has sort of been exposed as well. And it's less about what the coaches make, just the overall money in the sport and the fact that you cannot monetize this highly valuable skill. I mean, the skill to play football is obviously very valuable to a lot of people, hence the billions of dollars. And the players aren't able to monetize that when they are most valuable. Former Georgia Tech running back Roddy Jones with us here on Twitter at Roddy Jones 20 from the ACC Network. You make a great point there, and I, I, I've said this in the past, and I'll, I'll continue to stand by it. I almost wonder if some of the concerns of the student athlete would be diminished if they did have the right to go pro right out of high school. It feels like their hand is forced into this system, and if it was a choice to play collegiately, maybe that would quiet some of the noise that you hear. Uh, potentially, I, I think you would have to have some sort of developmental league because going from uh, going from high school to pro is 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 really difficult in any sport, but especially one that takes the physical maturity of football. Um, I, I, I really I really think that when you when you're talking about the, the the system, you have to look at the top. Like the NFL is the one that prevents players from entering the league at, at, until they are three years out of high school. Well, why is that? It, it makes it a safer investment for them and some of these players because they essentially have a free minor league system. Right. I mean, that's what college football is, and they are going to protect that. And I don't know, I don't know how or if that would ever change. So in the meantime, I think it's on the responsibility of college football to say, all right, we want to better these guys' lives in education. We want to better it uh, in, in, in social issues. We want to make them more well-rounded people. But during this time where they are, like I said, very valuable, let's provide them with some sort of, some sort of monetary benefit, whether that's direct payments, uh, whether that's name image likeness stuff, whether that's a combination of the two. Like, I mean, the, 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 
to make it black and white, like we absolutely cannot do this. And, and, you know, the free open market where guys are just getting millions of dollars, there's a gray area in between where I think this can fall, whether it's deferred payments until you graduate to incentivize that graduation, right. whether it's some sort of name image likeness combination with it. Like, I, I just think there's so many creative things that you could do to, to have both of those things happen and to help set these guys up. Uh, and by the way, like with everything that's going on in our country and what we're talking about with race and, and how it's affected uh, the lives of minorities for, for years, like college football is in a unique position to really affect that in a strong way by doing something like this, by letting these guys who, as you said, a lot of times come from uh, from impoverished backgrounds. And this is not just black guys like this is this is of all races. Sure. Absolutely. Come from impoverished backgrounds to help them set up for, for the future. Yeah, it's uh, it's something to continue to watch. And obviously in the COVID-19 era of, of college football, we're seeing more and more conversations uh, about things of this nature. And, you know, I, I mentioned could the could the Pac-12 potentially uh, play in the, the spring and, and sit out this fall? We don't know what's going to happen there. We know college football in California uh, already has made that decision and they'll play in the spring. But now we're even seeing guys locally like a Jordan Hancock, who's a former Clemson Tiger commit who who broke ties with Clemson and is committed to Ohio State uh, because of some underlying health issues for his parents. Uh, he's going to sit out the 2020 season there in the state of Georgia. And and that is, you know, these things are really unheard of. No matter how good a player is at high school uh, to say, hey, look, I'm sitting this out. I mean, these are truly unprecedented times. I think we knew that, but the closer we get to kickoff of the college football season, the more that becomes very apparent to me as somebody that's covered this sport for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the individual decisions that these guys are having to make, you look at, at, at Caleb Farley at Virginia tech, Rashad Bateman at Minnesota. And as you mentioned, like it's, it's creeping into the high school levels as well. And, and you can't fault these guys. I mean, uh, the, the, the state of Georgia where I live is, is very divided on whether or not schools are even going to open in person. So uh, if, if, if there's a divide on that in, in the state that you're playing in, I don't know how you can go out and feel comfortable when your parents have underlying health conditions and you could possibly contract a virus that, that could seriously impact their health. I don't know how you could put that in, in uh, put, put your parents in harm's way like that. So I, I, don't, I don't fault anybody for the individual, individual decisions that they make. The unfortunate thing is, like, it takes guys that good, like Rashad Bateman, Caleb Farley, top recruits. It takes guys that good to be able to make those decisions because they're secure enough in their future. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic point. And I think, too, the guys in that position feel like they have a lot to lose. And, yep. and, and look, exactly. you know, everybody's life is precious. I think we all get that. But, man, if I'm staring potentially millions of dollars down the line, you know, eyeballing that, and I'm thinking what happens if my lungs get bad, uh, I'm probably going to choose to opt out as well and call me a coward if you want to. But at the end of the day, it's my bank account that I've got to worry about and my life. So I'm going to allow those kids to make the decisions that they make. And Roddy Jones is going to be along for the ride with us here on Wednesday afternoons on Clemson Sports Talk throughout the college football season. And, Roddy, I know your fantastic work with the ACC Network and with SiriusXM, but you've also got a little podcast venture uh, as well that you're a part of. I know you previewed the, the Florida State Seminoles earlier this week. And from before we get you out of here and you can tell people about your podcast, what do you think Mike Norvell's year one with, in, in Tallahassee is going to look like? 
Uh, that's a that's a great question. So so I appreciate you you bringing it up. The the podcast is called ACCAF. Uh, the AF stands for all football. And and we're going through a season preview series right now. Um, we I'm going from the bottom to the top of the standings of last year. So Clemson's going to be the last one. I do actually Notre Dame now that they've been added is going to be the last one because they're they're tacked on to the end. Um, but but Florida State is going to be interesting. You know, if that offensive line comes together, they've got some real talent on offense. I think James Blackman is better than he has been able to show. Uh, he's on his fourth play caller in four years, just to, to show you how much turmoil there's been at Florida State. Uh, but that defense is so good. It's going to be so good. They've got impact players on the defensive line. They've got impact players in the secondary. Linebacker is Good, not great, but but the defensive line is going to be so good that I think that defense uh, will be able to hold them into a bunch of games. Now that we're playing eleven games, you know, I, I don't I don't want to put a win total on it, but I would be disappointed if they did not win six or seven games. I think I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, the all meet schedule is really going to expose some some resumes and records. And I'm kind of with you. I've got Florida State as a a uh, five or six win team this year, and I, and honestly, I, I think the games they lose will be against very good uh, opponents given their schedule. Roddy, man, appreciate your time, and everybody go check out uh, his work with his radio show and his podcast and everything else he's doing with the ACC Network. And we look forward to having you on the show uh, next week to talk a little more about the ACC as we move one week closer. Awesome, I appreciate you a lot. Have a good one. Roddy Jones on the show that shakes the Southland. 803-450-0086. That's our text line, 803-450-0086. Appreciate everybody who's been commenting, hanging out with us. Uh, JCT. Uh, JCT. I don't know if that's the Johnson Creek Tavern. JCT says, you look bored. Now, I, what I'm dealing with, JCT, is a, uh, for whatever reason, the video uh, is looking really weird and I can't quite figure out what's going on with that. I've been working with their tech support, uh, trying to work it out for anybody viewing the show. What I am going to do is shut the whole computer down during the break. What that means for anybody watching right now is that we might go away and we might not come back today, but that's okay. You can still get us on the iHeartRadio app, whether you're listening in Columbia on Fox Sports Radio 1400. You can also get us on the iHeartRadio app uh, if you're listening to us in Florence and Manning. Uh, on Sports Radio 100.1, the fan. So we're on four to six in the middle and six to eight in the PD in the low country. So uh, that's why I looked. <laughs> that's why I looked bored because I was uh, trying to get a glimpse of my camera. The overlays look great, which makes me realize it's not the streaming speed. You know, it's not the upstream. I got 10 megabytes up for all you nerds out there, 117 megabytes down. So I'm I'm good on that front. But for whatever reason, the video keeps... Keeps getting real choppy when I show myself. So I'm going to reset the whole thing. We might go away on the stream, but we'll be back for you if you're listening on the radio or on the iHeartRadio app right after a word from these sponsors. Stay with us. The Hill, The Rock, the show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan. Thank you for hanging out with us. We're going to go uh, no video for whatever reason. Just uh, absurd what I'm dealing with on that front. Oh, well, it's, an all, it's a radio show. Who cares? It's a radio show. <laughs> 803-450-0086. So, Danny Ford. 
Danny Ford was asked about the Clemson and South Carolina game recently, and he said, you know, if it were Alabama or Auburn, they'd figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, that, you know, that's kind of where I think a lot of fans want to be right now. I mean, they want to be in the camp of, look, let's get her done. Let's figure it out. Let's make it happen. I mean, there is no doubt that these two teams, or at least the, the, the fan bases of these two teams, you know, want to see this game be played. I mean, when it came out that the SEC was going to play conference-only games this year after the Atlantic Coast Conference extended their hand, I mean, that was a painful moment for everybody in this rivalry. And as I said on the show yesterday, I am not certain that these two teams are going to be willing to square up in a year. I think Clemson might say thanks, but no thanks. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll miss two seasons, and we'll pick you back up in Tigertown in 2022. And I, I know that seems crazy to a lot of people, and it seems like the easy fix is just flip-flopping it, but you can't because the schedules are already in place for home and away games and, and trying to figure all that out. And Clemson's opener next year with Georgia. I mean, you can't, you just can't do it. I mean, you don't just mess up at that point <laughs> one season. You mess up the rest of them by trying to flip-flop it. It's almost easier. I, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like this, but it's... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Almost easier for Clemson and South Carolina to play their game in 2022 next. Tangle with me and I'll crush you like a paper cup. Yeah, don't at me. I'm just telling you. It's, it, it might be easier logistically. But I think Danny Ford's right. And I've said from the get-go, I think the Atlantic Coast Conference... I think the SEC are certainly, they've got a vested interest in one another because of the four rivalry games. But Clemson and South Carolina may have to step out of the SEC's ruling and play anyway. And I know you're looking at the schedule going, Swanee, but it's a 10 plus one. How are you going to do that? And this, that, and the other. But, you know, like I said the other day, what South Carolina should do is say, you know what, SEC, yeah, we'll play by your rules, but your rules don't start until September the 27th. And until then, we're playing by our rules, and the ACC's kicking off a few weeks earlier. We're going to play a game against an ACC school outside of the league. 
punish us if you want. This is our rival. I, you know, in a, in an era where crazy is thing, where the crazy things are happening, where Notre Dame is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, where there's a single division, where the SEC, the conference that prides themselves on whooping up on everybody else, you know, you don't want any of the SEC because we're the toughest. You know, we we eat nails for breakfast. We're the best league in all the planet. Even teams in the NFL are fearful of taking on members of the SEC. Well, here's the ACC reaching out their hand to play, and the SEC is like, yeah, yeah we're good. Come on, man. Don't, don't, let's, let's not. And kudos to South Carolina. Again, I'm never going to back down off of this. And some people said they probably voted alphabetically, so South Carolina already knew that it wasn't going to pass when they voted yes. (laughs) But the reality that South Carolina was the lone dissenting vote in the room against a all-conference schedule, good for you guys, man. Good for you, Gamecock Nation. Because quite frankly... It seems very cowardice that Florida and Georgia and Kentucky, for that matter, weren't interested in supporting it. It at least should have been, there should have at least been four votes. I mean, come on. I mean, if I'm South Carolina right now, you listen to Danny Ford, and Danny Ford says, look, Auburn and Alabama would figure this out. I, I say Gamecock Nation. You need to start challenging your local representatives to try to figure this thing out. Danny Ford said, the only thing at South Carolina and Clemson that matters are the people that have love and affection for each school in the state of South Carolina. People in Georgia, people in Tennessee, they don't care about South Carolina and Clemson, so it's not hurting them. The only people it's hurting is the people that are in the state and the people in the state Take a lot of pride in it. He said, I just know if it was Alabama and Auburn, they don't have to face that situation, but they would find a way to play. I agree. And I think the chances that we find a way to play are slim. But I'll tell you what, if you're one of those people that say, Swanee, I'm not giving up without a fight, keep swinging. Maybe we'll figure something out. I mean, even for that matter, maybe they can do it after the season. Would you be totally against that at this point? I'm not. I mean, listen, all of my all of my norms that I would have said years ago, like, no, no, you can't do that. That's that's not normal. That goes against everything I that's that goes against everything I stand for. Please. Take Clemson in South Carolina right now playing on July the fourth. At Myrtle Beach, on the beach, like an old, like old race, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd take those two playing anywhere right now.
in the saddle as always. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan, thanking you for being a part of the program. Uh, Sans the video today, I guess you would say at this point. But anyway, we're having a good time. I am, and uh, the big weigh-in was this afternoon. If you saw any weights that made you you stumble a little bit and go, ooh, look at that, uh, let us know. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel over on Twitch. And uh, appreciate everybody who shared the show today. Doing all that, the fall camp specials available. Uh, just $20.20 for a year of coverage. Learn more on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Yeah, I, this is, you know, Clemson and South Carolina. Uh, you take that game anytime, any place, anywhere. Name your venue, name your date, and uh, they'd square it off. I, I just don't know, you know, at this point, if we're not just so far past it happening that uh, there's no chance it takes place. But man, when a name like Danny Ford mentions, that Auburn and Alabama would figure it out. That makes me, as a Clemson guy, makes my ears perk up and say, okay, Gamecock Nation, let's figure it out. I mean, what suggestions do you have? Because honestly, you can leave them for us in in comments and and we'll post them up over uh, on the live video feed. But, I mean, do you have a suggestion or is it just dead at this point? Because I think it's dead for two years if it's dead for one. I think it's dead for two years. And I know you don't want to hear that, and I know that's not a fun thing, but I don't see how they play the game next year in Columbia. And I know you don't want to hear that, and I know that's not a fun thing, but I don't see how they play the game next year in Columbia. I Too much. And, and look, I guess maybe I should re-kind of think this because I said earlier how, when I was talking with Roddy Jones, how equity and fairness and all these things – come into the conversation and coaches would have, you know, used to would have been like, oh, well, we didn't get as many spring practices and we didn't get this and that, but now they just want to play. So maybe, you know, maybe the desire to just play the series, Clemson will just say, all right, forget it. We'll, you know, we'll squash this money. The other thing that I wonder if you could figure out, and I, I really have to think about how this would work, but if, South Carolina, you know, we talk about working together on this thing, would be willing to yield half of the next two games in Columbia's revenue back to Clemson. Which, at that point, would essentially square it up, too, I think. If you follow, because Clemson didn't get any revenue from this coming season against South Carolina, and that's the big hang-up. And if you go to Columbia next year, and you split that revenue... And look, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, Swanee, this is simple math, Einsteiner. <laughs> well, I, I understand, but I just want to make sure that I do it right. So this year, Clemson got none. Next year, if they came to South Carolina and split, both teams would get half. The following season, Clemson would get a full portion. The next year, South Carolina would split it again with Clemson. That would be half, right? So... During that time, Clemson would have gotten two seasons and South Carolina would have gotten one season in total. And I think the way that math works, that would have equaled it out, essentially giving Clemson their year back because the following year, Clemson would get the full, you know, the full boat and then South Carolina would get theirs. So that I mean that's one way to work around it I guess. I guess that's your theory. I don't I don't know another way. 
That feels like a way that would work, though. Essentially, South Carolina revenue sharing the next two home games with Clemson that are in Columbia might work. Although, at that point, South Carolina fans may may boycott. (laughs) We're not going. (laughs) That place will be empty. So, I, I, you know, I don't know. But I think if we're going to talk about unique ways to avoid missing a season of Clemson and South Carolina, that's one way. Feel free to leave your comments. We'll try to get them up uh, no matter where you're watching, whether that's on Facebook, whether that's on Periscope, whether that's on twitch.tv slash Clemson Sports, whether you're listening to us on the iHeartRadio app or catching the podcast. I mean, how would you do it? That That seems like a pretty square way. South Carolina gives Clemson over the next, you know, that would be 2021 in Columbia and 2023 in Columbia. The Gamecocks would give Clemson half the revenue of those home games. Concessions, all whatever, you know, whatever goes into that. Honestly, don't know what goes into it, to be honest with you. Like, at the once you start counting up all the, the pennies like Scrooge McDuck, I don't know where that split, you know, what, what that split line falls on, but I could see, I could see how that might be advantageous and would alleviate Clemson's feeling of not necessarily, and I, I, and look, I don't know that Clemson necessarily feels this way, but feeling like they don't want to play that game next year because of the discrepancy in the funding and how the money would work. And, you know, the ACC was the league that extended the offer. And the only SEC school that had the home game this year was Georgia. And even still, it didn't matter because the ruling, unlike a lot of people kept saying, was the game didn't have to be played at the home school of the Atlantic Coast Conference. The game just had to be played in the home state of the team from the Atlantic Coast Conference. It could have been a neutral site game if it had to be. The stipulation was just playing the game in the home state of the Atlantic Coast Conference team. Which is why the bad side of it for Notre Dame is they were supposed to go, as Tim Bray told us last Thursday, Notre Dame was supposed to go play in Annapolis for the first time ever. Never played Navy in Annapolis. That game was supposed to be played in Ireland. COVID-19 forced it back to America. They would have played it. You know, and, and that's the thing where Notre Dame yields and wields a lot of power. But in that Atlantic Coast Conference room, for them to be getting the benefit of the doubt and be able to play in the league and get all the the you know everything that came along with the the deal they got this year, to like stick your hand up at the back of the class and say, uh, "What about our game at Navy, guys?" That, that just wasn't going to work. And I think Notre Dame just went with the policy that the ACC put in place. And if they play a tenth game or a non-conference game, it'll probably be against Navy in South Bend. Stay with us. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, 
the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Wednesday, the show that shakes the Southland, Lawton Swan, hanging out with you again. Thank you to our guest today, man. What a loaded lineup. Roddy Jones, our good buddy Mark Childress. If you were tuning in today to hear my buddy Chris Landry, unfortunately he couldn't be on today. But coming up tonight uh, on twitch.tv slash Football, the ACC tailgate, myself and Ingram Smith, we'll be getting after it. For about 45 minutes, coming up at 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. That's when that goes live. So, yeah, it's always a fun show and a lot to get into again just from the standpoint of the knowns and the unknowns and the ins and the outs. Clemson's way in again, feeling like the unofficial start, sort of the coin flip. Tomorrow, uh, Clemson will be on the gridiron practicing, and coverage of that will be unique because uh, we're not allowed on campus. So, uh, yeah, it's this is going to be a different year. But there is no reason to think that we can't very much uh, have a great year in terms of the coverage of your Clemson Tigers. It really all comes down to how much we get to cover. And that comes down to COVID-19 and the effects that it may or may not have on college football. Some breaking news came out earlier. We actually got a text message uh, on this front earlier uh, as well via Twitter. So I better give the credit uh, where credit is due. Uh, JQ. Hall 627 sent it to us. The college football playoff uh, has an update. Selection day is scheduled to be Sunday, December the 20th. Uh, The college football playoff semifinal matchup, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, are set to be played on Saturday, January 1st. And the college football playoff national championship in Miami scheduled for January the 11th. The College Football Playoff Selection Committee will release the final rankings again on December 20th. Bill Hancock, the executive director, announced the top four teams will play in the playoff semifinals on Friday, January 1st. And again, that national championship January the 11th at Hard Rock Memorial Stadium. The final rankings were originally scheduled to be released on Sunday, December the 6th. But the College Football Playoff Management Committee made the changes as a result of several conferences having moved their championship games back to December 12th or the 18th or 19th. The committee's final meeting of the season will be December 18th, 19th, and 20th in Grapevine, Texas. And the College Football Playoff will announce the full schedule of this fall's selection committee's meetings uh, at a later 
date. Bill Hancock saying in a statement, the selection committee members understand the need to be flexible as we all navigate uncharted waters this season, and this move will allow them to evaluate all the available information. In this unprecedented times, the management committee believes it is in the best interest for the health and safety of the student-athletes, coaches, and staffs to complete their game week preparation on campus under the familiar protocols they will have used all season. This is an unfortunate consequence of the pandemic, but it is the right thing to do. So, based on what I understand here, uh, the two teams participating in the college football playoff title will arrive in Miami on Saturday, January the 9th, instead of the usual Friday evening arrival. Uh, Would that change the media day typically held on Saturday morning in the host city will not take place this year. There will be virtual media options there. And so, from that standpoint, uh, big changes coming for media members uh, as well. And, you know, it is what it is. And, and I've adjusted. I adjusted in March. You know, I, I think that there are a lot of outlets that cover your Tigers. This is why I would encourage you to support what we do over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com because it really is more digital content than any other site gives you. When you think about a lot of the sites that cover Clemson, the focus and the attention is is heavily on football. And I wouldn't say ours isn't either. But with a two-hour daily radio show, we we you know we have to talk about what's going on with the Clemson basketball team. We have to talk about what's going on with the Clemson baseball team. We're going to talk about things that are going good for the Clemson uh, soccer teams or, or the golf team. I mean, on and on and on. And part of that is I feel, you know, with this show, yeah, it's Clemson sports talk, but it's not Clemson football sports talk, even though it's a heavy part of it. And so we had to adjust to a time where there was no live sports. And we had to do two hours of content every day. Buddy, I've been adjusting to this new normal as a sports talk broadcaster for for months. I mean, this is the new norm. And for right now, I'm not changing my game. We're going to be fast-paced. We're going to be action-packed. We're going to be hurry-up. We're going to be no huddle. I mean, we're going to keep bringing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every day for you. Whether you're a Tiger, whether you're a Gamecock, a Bulldog, a Yellow Jacket, or a Seminole, the show that shakes the Southland is going to continue to be here. We're going to continue to do our thing. Because you deserve it. You deserve a radio show that covers not only the Clemson Tigers, but the great state of South Carolina and the many, many rivals that Clemson will face. And that's exactly what we're going to do for you here on the show not just the rest of the summer, but into the fall and spring and back again until the days where COVID-19 just become a thing of the past. And I can't wait for COVID-19 to be a thing of the past. Something that you don't have to you know, be so concerned about. Something that we know a lot about. And something that won't halt our college football and sports seasons. We got to get out of here. Thank you for hanging out with us. Can't wait to be back tomorrow. And until then, as always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers! Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan on Columbia's home for sports. Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.